Moses was born in a very, uh, very unpleasant condition. He was born in a very unpleasant season. Moses' life was not an ordinary life because he was born in a time where there was a threat on his life. Moses was born, though he was helpless, but God was with him. He was frail, but God was with him. And that was simply because his birth was a prophetic his birth, he was born just like Jesus to bring uh, the children of Israel to save the Israelite from servitude and from slavery. So when the enemy saw in his radar that a son was coming and his name was going to be called Moses and he was going to save the people from bondage, there was a decree passed over the land that Moses or the boys should be killed. And the Bible says that Moses was born in such a time and in such an atmosphere, in such a condition. But the Bible says while he was born, uh, you know, you know, when, when you look at Genesis, uh, uh, Exodus chapter 2, and, and talking about looking at the birth of Moses, you will see the mother playing more roles than the father. The Bible never tells us much about the father. The father, what we know about the father is that he was a Levite. The Bible says there went a man from the tribe of Levi and he got married to a woman from the tribe of Levi and that was all we knew about the father of Moses. But we could see in the Bible that the mother played more roles than the father. Because I believe, I don't know, but this is my take. This is what I feel happened. Because when the decree was passed that every male child should be submitted and killed, I believe that the father of Moses said to the mother, said to the mother, you better go hand this child over to Pharaoh so they could kill this child. I believe that the man was so afraid that he did not want to associate himself with the son because he did not want to get into the bad books of, of, of Pharaoh. And I believe he had told the woman, please go submit this child. Let them do what they want to do to this child. I believe, he, you know, he decided to say, don't mention my name. But the woman, the Bible says she looked at the child and she could see that the child was not like any other child. The child was, there was something, the Bible says, the child was a goodly child. The meaning of the word goodly child, another translation said the child was a good child or the child was a child of purpose or a child of destiny. So that wasn't just an ordinary child, but it took the Lord to open the eyes of the mother to see that Moses was not just an ordinary child. There was something about the birth of Moses and that was why the mother refused to submit Moses to be crucified. The mother refused to submit to, 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 you know, to, to present Moses to Pharaoh so Pharaoh could kill the child. But the father dissociated himself from the from the from whatever had to do with the child, and that was why nothing was mentioned about the child. You see, sometimes we tend to give up on things that are difficult 
Sometimes we, 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 we tend to you know, disconnect ourselves from things that are very hard. Sometimes we tend to disconnect ourselves from things because things are not looking good. Things are not looking nice. Things are not looking okay. And so consequently, we disconnect ourselves from it because we want to always be associated with something that looks good. We want to be associated with something that looks nice. We want to be associated with something that looks very presentable and very attractive. But the father of Moses separated himself from the son because he could not see destiny in the child's life. But the eyes of the mother was open and she could see that even though this child is helpless, even though this child has a threat on his life, even though this child might not survive, but I can see destiny in the life of this child. It was a very difficult decision that she had to make because if she was caught hiding Moses, they could kill Moses and kill her as well. So she put her life on the line just to protect the child that she could see a destiny on. She put her life on the line to secure the child's life and the Bible says she protected the child. The father was nowhere to be found. The father ran far away because the father did not want to get into trouble by following the mother or assisting the mother to have the child. But the Bible said the mother healed the child. She healed the child the first month, the second month, the third month. At the third month, she could no longer have the child. What is three? Three is a number of God. In other words, she came to a point in her life where she could no longer hold it and she had to submit the child over to God. She had to say, Lord, this is the third month and three is your number. So I'm taking this child and I'm handing this child over to you. She took the child and she planted the child by the rivers. And that reminds me of what the Bible says in Psalms 1. What the Bible says in Psalms 1, the Bible says he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth a fruit in its season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever it doeth shall prosper. And she took the child and she kept the child by the riverside. And the Bible says she stayed somewhere to see what shall become of the child. You see, you come to a point where you don't just run away from things when they are difficult, but you learn to place them by the riverside. You place them in the hands of God. You don't throw them away because they ain't working. You don't throw them away because it's not working for you. You don't throw it away because things are not looking good. You don't throw it away because it does not make sense. All you got to do is to place it by the riverside. Place it in the hands of God. The business is not working. Place it in the hands of God. Your life is not looking good. Place it in the hands of God. Because whatever is in the hands of God is safe and secure. The Bible said they took the child and they placed the child by the riverside. And they said, Lord, this is your child. They said, Lord, we hand this child over to you. We can no longer protect this child. We can no longer fight for this child. We can no longer cover this child. But we are submitting this child unto you. And while the child was there and the child was crying and the Bible says the Lord ordered the steps of the daughter of Pharaoh and the daughter of Pharaoh left the jacuzzi and she left the swimming pool and, and left the showers at home and left every, every nice place she could take a bath and she came to the river that day to take a bath. God will always listen to me. When you hand it over to God, God will send destiny helpers to locate it. 
when you hand anything over to God God knows how to order the steps of relevant people to come assist you am I talking to somebody here God knows how to send people to come help you the Bible said the feet of the woman was ordered listen it was possible for a soldier to be the one to come by the river that day it was possible somebody else could have come and they could have killed the child but it was a woman that was sent and the Bible said when the woman came there she looked at the baby and the baby was crying the Bible said she had sympathy on the child and she said this must be one of the Hebrew woman's children a child and the Bible said she took the child when she carried the child the sister of Moses came out and said let me go call somebody who would take care of this child for you and that she went and called the mother of Moses the mother of Moses came and the woman said take this child and take care of this child and I'll pay you every month for taking care of the child you see now watch this watch this the father of Moses was nowhere to be found but the woman who put a life on the line just to protect the child got paid you didn't hear what I just said. I said the woman who put her life on the line just to protect the child, she got rewarded. I said she got paid. Anytime you associate yourself with God's plan for your life, and even though the things don't look good, and you say, God, if you have given me this, I'm still going to stick to it. At the end of the day, you're going to get paid. Let me say this to somebody here. God is a good payer. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. That he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So God is a rewarder. If you don't throw what God has given you away. No matter how bad and difficult it might look. God will always make it pay your bills. Ayala I said, God will make it pay your bills. I believe that when the father of Moses heard that a woman was getting paid for protecting the child, I believe she he decided to come back home because what she thought was going to kill, what he thought was going to kill the woman, ended up rewarding her. What people thought will kill you, God will use it to bless you. What people thought will end your life is what God will use to exalt you. I, am I talking to somebody here? What people thought will end your destiny is what God will use to honor you. I pray for you this day in the name that is above every other name. Those that left you to die, they will hear your story. They will hear your testimony. Those that said, oh, it's over, it's over. Manana Maya. They will hear about the goodness of God. They will see the hand of God upon you. Lift up your hand and shout hallelujah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me come back and associate myself with you. Listen to me. Whatever assignment God has given to you, no matter how hard it might be, no matter how difficult it might appear, if you can do what God says you should do, that is what will pay your bill at the end of the day. Listen, Moses 
gave his mother a job at the age of three months. He was able to give the mother a job at the age of... Why? Because the woman was willing to die for the baby. She was willing to die. If you have nothing to die for, you have nothing to live for. If there is nothing you can put your life out there, I say, I'm ready to die for this thing. You have nothing to live for. When the woman put her life on the line, God saw how committed that she was to what he had given to her. And the Bible said the Lord sent a helper to help her. I am praying for you that that business of yours, God will send a helper. That thing that you are doing right now, that seems like it's not making sense. God will send a helper. I said, God will send a helper. I said, God will send a helper. God will send a helper to help pick you up. God will send a helper to help raise you up. God will send a helper to assist and to support you. Lift up your hand and say, Oh Lord, send me a helper. Send me a helper. Send me a helper. Send me a helper. Can I say this to you? Can I say this to you? Men who say, If I perish, I perish, don't perish. People who say, If I die, let me die, don't die. When Esther said, if I perish, I perish. Did she perish? No. Jesus said, he that loveth his life shall lose it. But he that hated his life for my sake shall have it back. I am So if you, if you are protecting your life too much, oh, hey, and all that, you will lose that life of your Job says that which I greatly feared has befallen me. But when you put fear aside and do what Jehovah God tells you to do, you put fear aside and face life with decision. Face life, face life with audacity. Life will end up being a blessing to you. Protected her baby. And the baby gave her a job. And can I tell you something? It was not just an ordinary job. It was a job in the palace. She was getting paid from the palace. The palace was paying her. And you know what she did? When the boy, when the, as the boy was growing up, when the boy was growing up, the woman was telling the boy, say, listen, that woman called the daughter of Pharaoh is not your mother. I am your mother. You see these guys wearing this kind of attire and they're looking good? They are not your brothers. See those ones there that are suffering? Those are your brothers. And Moses grew up with that mindset. He grew up with the knowledge. Though he ate the king's food, though he went to the Egyptian school, though he, he wore their garment, but in his mind he knew where he belonged. That is why it's important for you to start teaching your children from infantry stage while they are growing. Keep teaching them and keep inculcating in them. Keep telling them who they are. Because the problem with the society today is a displacement or misplacement of identity. People don't know who they are. So when they start mixing up with people, they start becoming who they are not. Because they are not told who they are. 
While the child was growing up, the mother kept instructing her, telling her, you are not an Egyptian. You are an Israelite. You are not that kind of a person. You are this kind of a person. The mother kept instructing the boy. When the boy grew up, the Bible says one day, he came out of the house and he saw an Egyptian man beating an Israelite. What did he do? He took the Israel, the Egyptian, he strangulated him, killed him, and buried him. The next day, he saw two Israelites fighting. He came to separate them and to tell them, listen, you guys are brothers. And they said, listen, are you trying to kill us like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And that was when Moses knew that what he did yesterday was known. The Bible says he ran out of Egypt. He ran out of Egypt. Watch this. How many years did Israel spend in Egypt? How many years? Israel spent over 400 years in Egypt. Listen, they, 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 they stayed in Egypt for a very long time. They, they, they stayed in Egypt for a very long time, not because God wanted them to stay in Egypt that long. Can I tell you why they stayed in Egypt that long? They stayed in Egypt that long because of their mouth. It was their mouth that put them in trouble. Do you know that when Moses ran away from Egypt, Moses stayed away for 40 years. So within that 40 years, he would have delivered the children of Israel, but because they chased him away with their mouth, the Bible says he stayed another 40 years. Which means it was supposed to have happened the same year, but because of their mouth, because they spoke, the Bible says, Moses ran away for 40 years. So the, in the 40 years added to their slavery. There are years of slavery in Egypt. And the Bible says while Moses was somewhere, he was taking care of the flock of Jethro. The Bible said the Lord appeared unto him. There were four signs or three signs or four signs that God showed him. The first sign that God showed him was he saw a burning bush. The bush was on fire, but the bush was not getting burnt. That was the first sign God told him. You are going to Egypt, a place of fire, but the fire will not consume you. You are like a grass. But when you get into Egypt, the fire is there, but the fire will not consume you. The second thing God told him, God said, pull off your shoes because you are standing on the holy ground. In other words, Moses, when you get to Egypt, you don't depend on what you have. Don't depend on your nice shoes and your nice suit. Drop it down if you can connect to me. If you must connect with me, drop down whatever you have gathered. Drop down whatever you have acquired so that I can use you. The third thing God said to him, what is in your hand? He said a rod. He said throw it down. When he threw it down, the Bible says it became a snake. In the hand of Moses, it couldn't perform miracles. But when he left it in the hands of God, it became a snake. The fourth thing God told him, God said don't take the snake by the head. Take it by the tail. Because if you take it by the head, it means it's yours. But when you take it by the tail, it means it's mine. When he took it by the tail, it became a snake again. Somebody say amen. The next thing God told him, he said, put your hand in your bosom. When he put his hand in his bosom this way, he brought it out. It became as white as snow. It became leprous. God said to him, when you get to Egypt and you embrace yourself and you say, I got all this by my power. God said, your hands will become leprous. But he said, put your hand again. He put his hand. When he brought it out, it became normal. He said, when you allow pride hit you, when you start ascribing the glory to yourself, when you start embracing self, you become leprous. But when you repent and take off your hands, 
will heal you and I will restore you. God was instructing him, giving him, telling him what should happen. The Bible says after the instruction, he said to God, I am a stammerer. And the Lord said to him, don't worry, go there. I will be with you. When he entered Egypt, ladies and gentlemen, do you know why Moses yeified, stupefied, and, 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 and destroyed Egypt? Was He destroyed Egypt the very first day he entered Egypt. Why? How do I know this? Number one, when he got to Egypt, the first thing he dealt with was the rod of the Egyptians. The rod of the Egyptians is where all the authority lied. It's where all the powers lied. So when he got to Egypt, in order for him to lure them, to, lure them, to throw away those their sticks, where their power lies, he threw the rod on the ground. Pharaoh thought it was a show of not knowing that it was a setup. You didn't hear what I just said. Pharaoh thought that him throwing the thing on the ground was a show off, not knowing that it was a setup. When he threw it on the ground, Pharaoh laughed. He said, Is this all your God can do? He commanded the Egyptians, they threw their rod as well. The Bible said the rod of Moses swallowed up all their rods. That was when Egypt began to fail. And the Bible says in verse 7, God said unto Moses, I will make you a God over Pharaoh. Now, why did I start from all this? Watch this. Before I started from all this, remember, it was Pharaoh who wanted to kill Moses. Ha! When you serve God, he knows how to turn the table. It was Pharaoh who wanted to kill Moses. But now God is saying, I am making you a God over the man who planned to kill you. Who He said, I'm making you a superior over your superiors. Let me prophesy to somebody. Those that are higher than you now, in the name that is above every other name, God shall take you above them. I said, God shall take you above them. I said, God shall take you above them. Those that you look up to, God will make them look up to you. I pray that the table will turn for your good. I said the table will turn for your favor. The table will turn for your favor. The table will turn for your favor. Lift up your hand and shout hallelujah. Remember, he was at the mercy of Pharaoh. But now the table has turned. He said I've made you a God over Pharaoh. Let me tell you something. What is bigger than you now will not stay bigger than you forever. Men grow. Did you hear what I said? Men grow. Women grow. People grow. What is bigger than you now is not an indication that it will be bigger than you forever. What weighs you down today, you will grow someday and you will be bigger than it. What is beating you today, you will grow and you will beat it. Lift up your hands and say, Father, let me grow, let me grow, let me grow. Kabayada, look at the neighbor, say, neighbor, I'm growing. Say, neighbor, I am growing, I am growing. Say, I'm growing above this. 
I am getting better. The Bible said the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more. You are actually getting better. You are getting better by the day. I said you are getting better by the day. I said you are getting better by the day. You are getting stronger than your trouble. You are getting stronger than your headache. You are getting stronger than your pain. You are getting stronger than your problem. Somebody say, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child, I speak like a child. He said, but now that I'm grown, he said, I put away childish things. Let me prophesy to somebody, you will grow. I said you will grow. I said you will grow. You will grow above the mountains. You will grow above your troubles. You will grow above your predicament. You will become a God over the things that are like God over you. You will become stronger than your trouble. I prophesy to you that the Pharaoh that is like a God over you, Jehovah will make you a God over him. I said Jehovah will make you a God over him. Jehovah will make you a God over him. The, problem, the, the, the greatest mistake that the devil made is that he did not kill you when you had the authority. The devil could not kill you when he had the chance. And because he could not kill you, he can't kill you now. The greatest mistake of Pharaoh was to spare the life of Moses. When Moses was spared, Moses became a thorn in his flesh. Thank God you did not die in your mother's womb. Hey! Thank God you did not die the last time. The doctor was, was saying there's nothing we can do for her. Thank God you did not die the last time they shot you. You did not die the last time you were in an accident. Oh my God, if the devil knew he could have killed you there. But because he couldn't kill you, you are becoming a God over him. I said you are becoming a God over him. You are becoming a God over him. I prophesy to every one of you, what seems to be bigger than you now, may Jehovah God elevate you above it. May Jehovah elevate you above it. May Jehovah elevate you above it. I pray for you today. You are bigger than your trouble. Lift up your hand and shout amen here. Shika Balada. Now, what's this? Moses ran away from Egypt and Pharaoh thought he had defeated him. Listen to me. That I ran away does not mean I'm defeated. Are you aware what I'm talking about? That you ran away does not mean you are defeated. Did you hear what I'm talking about? The Bible says one time Herod wanted to kill Jesus and the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in the night and said carry this child and run away to Egypt because Herod is looking for the baby. Now when they carried Jesus and they ran away, Herod thought, hey, if he's strong, why did he run away? Did you hear what I'm talking about? 
that he ran away from Israel, from Nazareth, to Egypt did not mean or does not mean he was a failure. Sometimes when it looks like it's too hard and you are crying, it doesn't mean you are defeated. That you that you that you broke down does not mean you are defeated. Paul says, cast down but not destroyed, crushed but not broken. Am I talking to somebody here? He was the runaway, but the Bible says, after some time, the same angel appeared to Joseph in Egypt and said, It's time to go back to Nazareth because they that sought the life of the baby are dead. The man that wanted to kill the child is dead. In other words, God had to preserve the life of Jesus in order to destroy the man who wanted to kill him. Then he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit down at my right hand side until I make your enemies thy footstool. Sometimes God will hide you. Sometimes God will quiet you. Sometimes God will cover you. Not because he not doing something. He says sit down until I make your enemies your food store. And they look like nothing is happening right now. And everybody has given up on you. They say oh it's over. They don't know that God is hiding you. Until he makes your enemies your food store. God knows that if he gives you money now, your enemies will sangomarize you. They will juturize you. They will not allow you to have a breathing space. So God will hide you until he's done with them he will release money into your hands let me prophesy in the name that is above every other name you are not defeated you are only hidden I say you are only hidden you are only hidden you said Lord nothing is happening in my life who told you God is only hiding you Ayabalada Shambadada while God is hiding you, it may look like nothing is happening. The devil may be glorying and saying, yes, I've defeated him. No, he's not one yet. God is hiding you, preparing you. The angel had to appear again. Say, go back to Egypt. You know why I love Africa? You know why I love Africa? Because it was in Africa that Jesus was hidden when he was running from Herod. They brought him to Egypt, Africa. Africa hid him. The man who carried the cross of Jesus is, is Joseph Simon of Cyrene. Cyrene is an African country. Cyrene or Cyrene, S-Y and all that. It's an African country. That was the man that carried the cross for the master. Are you wondering why Africans are strong? Are you wondering why Africans love Jesus with all their heart? It was an African man that helped Jesus carry his cross to Golgotha. That is what happens. God said to him, you left Egypt. Though Moses Pharaoh thought that you had run for your life, not knowing that I went to train you. Do you know one of the greatest training God gave to Moses? God gave him the training. Listen, oh, watch this. A man who was so educated. The Bible says that Moses was mighty in wisdom and in words. 
In other words, that guy was very intelligent and educated. But you see, before God could qualify him for the assignment he had given to him or he was given to him, God had to reduce him to a level of taking care of animals. Some people say, Lord, if truly you have made me great, why are you reducing me this way? Can you imagine a man who was in the palace? He said, I need rice, they bring rice. I need beans, they bring beans. I need this, they bring this. Whatever he needed, whatever he wanted was supplied. But God reduced him to the wilderness to take care of animals. You know why? God was going to make him a shepherd over people. So God had to teach him by making him a shepherd over animals. You don't experiment with people. You experiment with animals. So God had to experiment with animals first. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? God was going to make him lead over 2 million people. So God had to say, okay, now let me give you animals. I'm, I'm, I'm training you. Let me give you animals. See how you can take care of them. When he passed the school, God said, now I will make you a leader of many. He that is faithful in the little, God will make a master of more. When Moses got to Egypt, and the rod of Moses swallowed up all the rods of the Egyptians, the Bible says he plundered Egypt. God elevated him and made him a god over Pharaoh. Listen to me. Everybody in that land knew about Moses. They knew about the set. They said, I, I believe they must have said to him, you Moses that we took care of, you Moses that we did this. But this time the story had changed. God had elevated that guy to a level now that his words was a law. Though he was a young man. But God had elevated him above the Pharaoh that was in control of his life. Listen to me. There are people that are like bosses over you now. They should be very careful because table can turn anytime. There are people you are depending on right now. They, they should be careful because table can turn anytime. Am I talking to somebody here? You know one thing about life. Life is a mystery. Life is an enigma. If you are not careful, the same people that was begging you today, they will be the same people you'll be begging tomorrow. I'm telling you, life has its twist and turn. That is why any man you meet on your road of life, let to be good to them because they may be your only hope tomorrow. you who can walk into an office where the only man that will make the last decision for your employment is the man or the woman you belittled yesterday. Hey, the stones that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. There are people that God will put on your path just to test you. To see if you can be qualified for the next level. Because those are the ones that God will raise up tomorrow. And they, it, it will only take their signature to change your life. It will only take a word of mouth or their stuff to change your destiny. But how you handle them now determines
is what will become of you tomorrow. Do you know that there are so many people that are stranded because they did not take care of people they were supposed to take care of. They did not treat people good they were supposed to treat good. They are stranded today. They will watch them on television and say, ah, Barack Obama used to be my schoolmate. But when he was asking me for bread, I refused to give him bread. I was so nasty. I even beat him up sometime. Oh, am I talking to somebody here? If you know the future of people, hey, you will respect them. Do you know why people look down on you? Because your future is not on your face. If your future is on your face, they will not look down on you. Moses came back. He left a fugitive. Came back a leader. Shakada. He left a nobody, but came back a voice. He left stranded, frustrated, escaping for his life, but came back a champion. Kamada. Sukaya. Did you lose your job? Did you lose what was precious to you? It's like you were stranded and defeated. But you are still coming back there. You are still coming back there. Let me tell you something. You know the greatest victory in life. The greatest victory in life is succeeding where you failed before. That's the greatest victory. Succeeding the same place where you failed before. That's what David says. In the presence of my enemies. Where you failed before, where they mocked you before, where they wrote you up before, God making you succeed. That's the greatest victory. For your enemies to see what has become of you, that's the greatest joy. Ayabada. The Bible says he came back and the Lord made him a God over Pharaoh. Let me give you about three things, three signs. Or three kinds of things that God used Moses to do in Egypt. The first thing God used Moses to do in Egypt. Every word Moses uttered became a law in Egypt. Everything he said became a law. Listen, in the same land where he ran away for his life. Was the same land he came. His words became a law. The second thing God made of Moses towards, uh, the, towards Pharaoh. The second thing was that God made Pharaoh. Listen. Moses was in the land of Egypt. Causing havoc in Egypt. Yet he was still sleeping in the same land. Nobody could touch him. Did you hear what I'm talking about? I mean he would come and say from today. In this place there will be no clean water. It's only blood. The same night he will sleep in the same land. He will make decrees. He said lies will be all over the same. He will sleep. In other words, he became untouchable. Number one, his words was a law. Number two, he became untouchable. Number three, God made him. God made him. God made his face so strong, too strong for, for Pharaoh to handle. He became a fear. He became a fear to the Egyptians. The name, the name, the name Moses brought fear and brought respect. The, the name Moses brought shaking to the Egyptians. The Egyptians were running every time they hear about Moses. Whenever Moses was coming to the palace, everybody starts shivering. Why? Because they did not know what he was about to say. 
The fourth thing that God did through him is that God made him. He became he became a leader of the leaderless people. He became a voice to the voiceless. He became a direction to the directionless. He became strength to the strengthless. Am I talking to somebody here? The children of Israel who thought that they were going to die in slavery, the Bible said God gave them a voice and that was Moses. Moses. Moses caused havoc in Egypt. I mean, the last thing that happened in Egypt was that Egypt was plundered. I mean, Egypt was totally, basically, plundered when the Israelites left Egypt. What happened? When they were leaving, he said, go and tell every one of them. God said, go and tell every slave to tell their bosses. Tell them to borrow them gold and silver and money. Borrow them their cars. Because this borrowing, they shall not pay back. You see, this is where we get debt cancellation from. You borrow, you don't pay back. They borrowed, but they never paid back. Borrowed, took cars, took money, took houses, took everything. And that was the night they left. After taking everything. You know why? Because for over 400 years, these guys had been struggling and working without pay. Yeah, they worked without pay. Actually, watch me. Egypt was the first developed country in the world, not America. Egypt. In the Bible days, there was nothing like America. Egypt was the Egypt is the first civilized country in the world. Egypt was the strongest country, world power in the world. Why? Because they had over two million slaves working free of charge. It was two million people that built Egypt. I mean, you know, if they're working and you're paying them, somehow it will be affecting the economy. But the Bible says they walked without pay. So they basically built Egypt. Egypt became what it became because of the Israelites. Walking as slaves for many years, 400 years, without pay. So Egypt became what power because these guys were working day and night, building. They were mixing things, building, 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 building skyscrapers, building all kinds of buildings without pay. So when they were leaving Egypt, they said, for all our labor, for everything we have worked for, we need our pay. And can I tell you something? The Bible said, God said to them, I will give you favor that when you go, you shall not go empty. It was impossible for you to, it's impossible for you to go and tell your boss that please, can you borrow me your Ferrari? The boss will never give you. Can you lend me your helicopter? He will never give to you. But because the favor of God was upon them, everything they asked, they got. See, when favor is upon you, you know you people don't say no to you. Anything you want, you get. Receive favor. Psalms 5 verse 12. For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous. And with favor, you shall compass him as with a shield. For thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion. For the time to favor her. Yea, the sad time has come. When the favor of the Lord is upon you, whatever you desire, you get. Took everything. When they got everything, the Lord said to them, now I'm giving Egypt the last card, the red card. He said, now kill 
animals. Every one of you, put the blood on your doubles. Because tonight the angel of death will be going through the land. And all the firstborn of Egypt shall die. And Pharaoh will let you go. You see, when God brought in the blood, listen, all along, nothing, it was just chaos, havoc, it was causing. But the day blood got involved, the blood of Jesus, that was the day that they were let free. Somebody say amen. The day blood was involved. I told you. I said there are two greatest deliverances that happened. Number one was the time of Moses. The second time was the time of Jesus. Actually it was one. Can I say it again? It was one deliverance. What was that deliverance? Because the deliverance. The children of Israel did not leave Egypt until blood was shed. Did you hear what I'm talking about? I mean Moses could foresee. He foresaw what was going to happen. So he, tried, he started doing it in the time. It was when blood was shed. The Bible said without the shedding of blood, there was no remission of sin. The moment the blood was shed, Pharaoh said, oh, we're done now. Now you can go. Now you can go. So actually, it is not too great. As it was one. The time of Moses was the time that the blood was shed. And when the blood was shed, the Bible said over two million people left left Egypt. Now this is where I'm closing. While they left Egypt on their way to the promised land, the Bible says the Lord, you know the first time I read this scripture I couldn't understand it. The Bible says God says I am sending you to Egypt to deliver my people but I will harden the heart of Pharaoh. I, 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 was, I was wondering Lord how could you do such? How can you ask me to go for something and yet you are telling me that you will harden their heart? Did you hear what I'm talking about? He said, I'm sending you to go deliver Israel, but I will harden the heart of Pharaoh. You know why? Because according to Pharaoh, like I said, Pharaoh was world power. Egypt was world power. There was nobody comparable. There was no nation that could match with Egypt. So Pharaoh thought that he was the God. He was everything. So God said, for me to really show him that I'm God, I will harden his heart so that I will display all of my power. Because you know, if Moses had gone to Egypt and said, the Lord, I am that I am, said you should release, he would have allowed them go yet he wouldn't have known the power of God all he could have said is you know I just let them go you know I just decided at my mercy I just decided but God said let me show him who I am God had to blind the children of Israel out of his hands so when they left the heart of Pharaoh was hardened again so something said to Pharaoh pursue so Pharaoh started pursuing again when he got there when they got to the Red Sea, when they got to the Red Sea, listen, when they got to this, these are three stages every child of God goes through. Every child of God goes through this three stage. Number one is Egypt. Number two is baptism. Number three is the promised land. When they left Egypt, they were all baptized. According to Hebrew, they were all baptized in the same baptism that was in the, promise, in the Red Sea. When they crossed through the Red Sea, it was a baptism. So when they crossed through the Red Sea, the Bible said the Egyptians saw them. Listen, not every door that opens for you is an open door for everybody. When they saw the Red Sea open, they said, wow, what an open door. The Egyptians said, wow, what an open door. They tried to assess that what blessed others may not bless you. What is an open door for somebody may not be your open door. That is why you don't have to jealous, be jealous of anybody. Am I talking to somebody here? 
what was an opening for them was a destruction to the Israel, to the Egyptians. The Bible said they crossed through the Red Sea. When they crossed through, the Egyptians saw it and the Bible said they went through. And Moses said, Lord, what do I do? The Lord said, the same key that you used to open this thing is the same key you can use to close it. The same thing you did for God to lift you, now that you are down, is the same thing you would do to come up again. Did you hear what I just talked about? Sometimes, you know, sometimes you find yourself in trouble and you pray the prayer, the Lord answered you. Now you find yourself in the same problem. You have forgotten what you did before. The Bible said, be not forgetful. The way you fasted before and God answered, fast again. That's why you love God before. Love him again. That is the key. The key that opened it. And no man shut it. And shut it. And no man opened it. That is the key. The Bible says, use the rod. And the Bible said the water closed. And all the Egyptians died. And that was where Egypt lost its power. From that day, Egypt, go to Egypt. Now, Egyptians are, Egyptians are very timid people. Praise the Lord. But make sure if you ever go to Egypt, don't preach this gospel. Don't preach what I'm preaching now. Say the Egyptians, all the Egyptians shall die. They will kill you immediately. <laughs> Amen. When you go there, preach good God. No, don't go and tell them Egyptians will die. Because they, they, when, they, they, when they read the scripture and they see what God did to them. That is why they are Muslims today. They are, they are, they are, they are very cruel when it comes to the gospel. They don't like the gospel because of what the, what Moses did to them in those days. Egypt was plundered. They took every one of them. They borrowed. Some of some people think that the children of Israel they left like this. No, the children of Israel didn't live like this. They left like this. It was. Why did you think? What made you think? Why why did Pharaoh catch up with them? How did Pharaoh catch up with them? Because they left hours, long hours before Pharaoh changed his mind. How did he come close to them? Because they, what they were carrying was too heavy. They were carrying gold, diamond. They were carrying all kinds of precious, precious stones. They, they, had, they had everything. They plundered. They took everything from Egypt. So they were, they, it took them days to even get there. Why? Of the heart of the Lord. Listen to me. Whatever you have lost in time past, whatever you have labored for, and they did not help you. They did not help you. They did not pay you. God knows how to pay you. God knows how to take it out of their hands and give it to you. The Bible says in Jeremiah, I will overturn and overturn and overturn until it shall be no more, until it comes whose right it is, and I will give it to him. God knows how to overturn things. At the end of the day, he will give you what you deserve. Lift up your hands and shout hallelujah. Let me close by saying that God wants to make you a God over the things that are like God over you. The Bible says in Psalm 75 verse 1, for I have said that you are God and all of you are the children of the Most High. You are all God. You are all God. He said, I will make you a God over Pharaoh. God wants you to be a God over the things that are like God over you. Can I say that one more time? God wants you to be a God over the things that are like God over you. The things that have become a God, a principality over you. God wants you to be above them. 
Let me mention seven of them. Number one, finances. There are people that finances, the demon of poverty is a god over them. They are stranded financially. The enemy has messed up their finances, which means that the demon of poverty has made himself a god over them financially. That's number one. Number two, health. When the demon of sickness becomes a god over you, you will be sick all the time. You, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter how many tablets you take, you remain sick. You just get well for two minutes and the next five minutes you are down again because that demon has become a god over you. Number three, that is another thing that the enemy uses to frustrate the children of people, uh, the children of God, and that's the spirit of rejection. The spirit of rejection, I'm telling you, rejection can make you lose thought of yourself. Rejection can make you look down on yourself. Rejection can make you reduce yourself worth. Rejection. When rejection becomes a god over you, it's a problem. The fourth thing that becomes a god over you that you must deal with is 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 a uh, mental mindset, 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 mindset. When the enemy starts painting all kinds of pictures, when your mind is messed up, the enemy has become a god over you. You see, when the Bible deals with, when Paul was talking about dealing with principalities, one of the things he dealt with was the mind. He said, casting down imaginations and every heightened that exalts itself above the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every word thought to the obedience of Christ. So, when your mind is captured. When your mind is captured, it means it's a problem. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of what? Sound mind. When you take back your mind, the devil does not have control over your mind anymore. It means now that you are in charge and you are in authority over the games and the tricks of the devil. Somebody say amen. Come on, say amen now. Say amen one more time. Another area of your life, which is the fifth one, that the enemy tries to be a god over you, is your spirituality. Your spirituality. Where you see more of the devil than you see God. Your life is full of attacks. Demonic attacks. Every night you go to bed, one demon must press you. Your spiritual life is under. And the devil is a god over your spiritual life. I'm telling you, that is in fact, that is one of the strongest. You know why? Because if you are spiritually strong, if you are spiritually strong, it doesn't matter how poor, it doesn't matter how sick, it doesn't matter how messed up you are, you will rise again. I'm telling you, if you are spiritually strong, if you are spiritually mature, it doesn't matter how bad life is now, you will rise again. The sixth area of your life that the devil always wants to mess up. But, uh, can I tell you this one? He wants to mess up. He wants to be a God over your relationships. He wants to be a God over your relationships. You know when the devil becomes a God over your relationship, he determines what becomes of your relationships. He messes your relationships up. I'm telling you, someone has decided to help you now. The next minute, the person changes his mind. You know why? The devil is a god over your relationships. He messes things up. And let me tell you one of the ways he will do it. People who want to help you, he will, have, he will use your face and appear in their dream. You'll be trying to, you'll be, you'll be killing them. 
in the dream. So when they wake up, say, ah, this guy that I'm trying to help is trying to kill me. You don't know why some people who try to help you change their mind. They may not tell you, but they'll tell other people that you're a baloi. They will tell people that you're a baloi. You know why? Because in the enemies using their faces, using your face to appear to them in a dream. So the things that they plan to do for you, they change their mind. So he is a God over your relationships. Somebody will love you now, the next minute the person hates you. And you wonder, what have I done? You have done nothing. But the enemy is sitting on your relationships. Somebody say, man, let me give you the last one. The last one is when the devil becomes a God over your life to decide when you live and when you die. I'm telling you, there are some families that the devil, the spirit of death is like a God in that family. I was praying for someone recently and, and she said to me, Every November, they must lose somebody in their family. Every It's compulsory. Every November, somebody must die. She told me that in September. I said, this November, nobody dies. In November, her cousin was rushed to ICU. She was about to die. Everybody thought she was gone. So she called me. I said, I told you already that nobody will die this November. This November, nobody dies. I mean, she said to me, her father died in November, her sister died in November, her cousin, her uncles, all of them. Once November comes, they start preparing for funeral. This one is, is sure. So the lady was rushed to the hospital. She said, pray. I said, I'm not praying. Come to the ICU. I said, I'm not coming. I've already said it. That nobody dies in November. The lady was in ICU for two weeks. And she was discharged afterwards. When home healed and healthy. I said from this day. No November will swallow any member of the family anymore. Why? Because when the enemy becomes a god over your family. He decides who lives and who dies. He decides who lives and who dies. He will not be a God over you. He will not be a God over you. You know what the Bible calls him? The Bible calls him the God of this world. Yes. That's what the devil is. The God of this world. So if you are not a child of God, Holy Ghost filled and baptized by God, you become a slave to the devil. But when God elevates you and makes you a God over what is a God over you. Do you know that Egypt had over 300 gods and Pharaoh was one of the gods. In Egypt, Pharaoh was a God. Pharaoh was a God. Egypt, worship, Egypt is like India. If you go to India, everything in India is a God. As soon as a child is born with three hands, that's a God. As soon as the child's nose looks like that of an umbrella, that's a God. If the eyes are big, that's a God. Everything in India has over 3,000 gods. No, not 3,000. If I was shocked, they told me 3 million, about 1 million gods. One, 1 million. 
That's what one man was telling me. He said they have over one million gods in Egypt. Everything they do, fly is a god. Cow, you don't kill cow in India. Because cow is worshipped. It's a sacred animal. Everything, everything in India. So the same way with Pharaoh, with Egypt. Egypt, everything was, including Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a god. So when God said to Moses, I am making you a god over Pharaoh. He was saying, I'm making you a god over a god. Did you hear what I'm talking about? I'm making you a god over a God. Shia Bahata. God is making you a God over gods. I say God is making you a God over gods. God, that's what the Bible says. We're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. Far and above principalities and powers. That's when God makes you a God over what is a God over you. When God makes you a God over what is a problem over you. When God makes you a God over the Goliath that is standing in front of you. When God makes you a God over the troubles that seem to be bigger than you. When God makes you a God over the problems that have bedeviled you. Over the problem that has crippled you. Over the problems that has incapacitated you. When God makes you a God over the things that chained you. God is going to make you a God today. Are you ready to be a God? Are you ready to be a God over finances? Are you ready to be a God over your mind? Are you ready to be a God over relationships? I mean, you decide what happens. When you, you, you can declare, today I'm getting a job. When I go for that interview, I'm getting it. You declare that my helpers will surely help me. They will not change their mind. Oh, what a blessing to be in authority over relationships to be in authority over your mind you've been able to think think what you want to think not the devil putting junk in your head thinking what you want to think and you choose what you want to think that's it that means you are not depressed that is that means you are not suppressed that means you're not confused that means you're not worried that means you're not suppressed that means you're not that means you are not living in anxiety you have control over your mind things that are very very dangerous or bad can be happening to you yet your mind is still together your mind is not shaken why because oh the bible says that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you am i talking to somebody here when your mind is committed to the lord he will keep your mind for you I pray for you this day. Your mind will not be messed up by anybody. Your mind will not be messed up by circumstances. Your mind will not be messed up by any devil. That's why Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. When you have the mind of Christ, your mind is above the mind of the devil. Your mind is above the mind of witches and wizards. Your mind is above the mind of principles and powers. You have a superior mind. You have a superior mentality. You have a superior IQ. You have a superior mindset. You have a superior spirit. You are superior. Your faith is in God. Your life is in God. Your spirituality is above the spirituality of the devil. You are in control of environment. You enter a place and you tell the devil, get out of here. The chairman has come. The leader has come. The superior has come. You, you, you discharge the devil from environment because you are God over the devil. You tell the devil that steals your money.
money stop this nonsense because i'm a god over you do you know why things are not looking good for you it is because some things are a god over you but today the table is turning i said the table is turning the table is turning made the table turn made the table turn made the table turn in the name of jesus made the table turn in the name of jesus those that are bigger than you they will become smaller than you Jogodo. go and ask david goliath was bigger than them but when david came david became bigger than goliath you know why he became a god do you know that Goliath was a god in Philistine? Goliath was not an ordinary man. Goliath was, his height was unusual. Goliath had six fingers and six toes. That was not a human being. The Bible says he was too so tall that he needed another shorter man to protect his feet and protect his stomach area because he couldn't do this. He couldn't do So he needed somebody else to go before him. To be. He was very tall. But the Bible said David came after him. Him. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord God of Israel, whom thou defilest. And the Bible says, with one stone, he brought him down. Listen to me. It was not the stone of David that brought him down. It was his spiritual authority. The guy was in charge. So he brought down Goliath. When you are a God spiritually over gods, I tell you, you will bring them down any day. I am a God. I am a God. When you become a God over money, you command money, they come. When you become a God over sicknesses, you say sickness, it goes. I am a When you become a God over contracts, you command them, they come. Over jobs, you command them, they come. Shakabada. Any position you want in life, you don't negotiate, you collect it. But you become a God. You know one thing I've one thing I've, I've realized. I've realized that some people they are gods over some things, but they are not gods over other things. That is why spiritually they can be very strong. Very, very strong spiritually. But health-wise, they have been de- defeated. So in the spirit, they are God. Spiritually, in their spirituality, they are God. But when it comes to physical things, health issues is a problem. Other things is a problem. Which means and on one side, they are doing well. But on the other side, they are not doing well. You know, I read about, I read about Elisha. Do you know that Elisha, Elisha was a man who healed all manner of sicknesses. But do you know what killed Elisha? The Bible says he died of sickness. Elisha died of sickness. Even though he died, his bones were still powerful enough to raise a dead man. Which means the anointing he had couldn't help him. So I'm telling you, he was anointed, but his own anointing could not help him. But the anointing was busy helping other people. Oh God, may my anointing help me. You know, there are people, there are people, you pray for people, they get well. But you pray for yourself, you don't get well. May my anointing help me. Oh God. You prophesy to people, they get blessed. But you, nothing is changing. You prophesy to yourself, not, why? Oh God, let my anointing help me. Kabadaya. Shukeda. Zatabaya. Somebody say, I'm a God. I am a God. I am a God.
I am a God. I am a God. Come and say it again. Say, I'm a God. You know why you're a God? Because dog gives birth to dog. Lion gives birth to lion. God gives birth to what? God. You are the offspring of deity. You look like Jehovah God. Do you know why? Let me tell you something. The devil can never repent. Even if you ask God for forgiveness still tomorrow, you will never, God will never forgive the devil. You know why? Because angels don't get repentance. That's why the Bible said the angels which kept not their first estate has he reserved for eternal damnation. They cannot repent. Angels don't repent. The only one that can repent is you. Because Jesus did not die for angels. He died for you. Superior. Superior you. You are bigger than your troubles. All you got to do is to ask God to upgrade you tonight. Somebody say, God, upgrade me. Say it one more time. I am being upgraded. Say, I'm being upgraded. Say, I am being upgraded. Shabada. I am a God. 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 My God, I feel it here. I am a God. May God make you a God over cancer. May He make you a God over HIV. May God make you a God over high blood, low blood, no blood. May He make you a God over leukemia. May He give you, make you a God over headache, migraines, blindness. May He make you a God over myopia, hypermetropia. May He make you a God over cataract, over glaucoma. May He make you a God over deafness, dumbness. May He make you a God over all kinds of diseases and sicknesses. May He make you a God. May God make you a God over the airways. May He make you a God over the airways. May he make you a God over the realm of the spirit, over the sea. That's why he said to, he said to Adam and Eve, I'm, I give you dominion over the waters, over the air, over the land. He made them a God. He made them a God. He made them, he made them a God. He, he got them in control over everything that he had created. I am a God. When God makes you a God over all currencies, you will speak a word and they will count. Oh my God. I mean when God makes you a God over the land, you will never leave without money. There will never be a day you say, oh, I'm broke. Because money will meet money in your hands. Before one money finishes, another money comes in. When God makes you a God over money, money will keep locating you. God makes you a money magnet. I am a God. 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 Let, let me say this one. Please, may God make you a God over generational curses. Let me tell you, generational curses are one of the strongest demons you can ever deal with. You know why? Because they came by permission. They came by invitation. 
and they have a legal hold over you. And unfortunately, the man who brought them into your family is long dead. The man, listen, the person, the, the person who's got more authority to reverse whatever is done is the same person who did it. That is the same person. The person who's got the authority to reverse anything is the same person who did that thing. But the Bible says, shall the prey be taken from the mighty? Or the lawful captive delivered? For thus saith the Lord, even the captive of the terrible shall be delivered, and the prey of the mighty shall be taken away. He says, I will contend with them that contend with you, and I will save your children. God is talking about the generation. He said, any legal slavery, some people are enslaved legally. Somebody invited them into your family. But when God makes you a God over them, you command them to get out and they check out of your family. Are you going to pray tonight? The first thing we're going to pray, oh God, give me, make me a God. Make me a God over all of these things. So that by the time I begin to pray now, I will take hold over the foundations that are evil and I will shake the wicked out of it. The devil shall no longer remain in your family. Demons shall no longer thrive in your home. We shall check them out today. I say, I say we shall check them out today. They shall leave your family in the name of Jesus. Are you ready to pray right now? Are you ready to take over? I'm ready to take over. Stand on your feet, everybody.